Hello and welcome to another live edition of The Conversation E3 2021. Today we are discussing the Xbox and Bethesda showcase, but we will not be discussing and Bethesda. We will barely be discussing Xbox. We are discussing one game that was shown off during the showcase that pertains to DK Vine. And that's Game of Sea of Thieves, which we didn't think we were going to see much of at, at this day. I was wrong. Who's with me on this live edition, this this live podcast? Announce yourselves. I'm Jeff, uh, and I'm the one that is Jeff. I'm Cameron, and I'm the one that's not Jeff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I'm Heil, as, as I mentioned. So... We uh, where do we even start with this? Uh, I'm looking at the thumbnail, the the YouTube art for this, and I guess Twitch art in this case for our uh, for our episode, and I'm just like, what? How did we get here? Um, so for starters, I did not see a bear during my bear hike, and, and I feel like I let the community down. I I got up there right, and it, it was about got up there probably around eight in the morning and it had been raining for three days and it, the rain was just tapering off when i got up there it, the forest was drenched in fog and i felt like i was in a really low rent n64 game and i, I was more worried about dinosaurs than i w- was seeing bears honestly but uh you know I, I i hiked for several hours saw some deer uh saw one squirrel but the bears seem to be hunkered down. I saw bear prints, and you know, I was like, "Ooh, bear prints!" But those bear prints, given how muddy it was, could have been there for hours or even days. So there, there was no tracking them and going to their lair. So if the Donkey Kong game isn't announced on Tuesday, that's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I let you all down. Uh, but that being said, we we do have stuff from the xbox showcase to discuss and remember on our e3 preview on friday when i said i I doubted we would see anything from sea of thieves unless there was like some sort of big update or big new region of the game or something like that and funny thing uh we saw something from sea of thieves and it was all of that i guess and more um it was the announcement for a new set set of tall tales five tall tales called sea of thieves a pirate's life with a familiar logo and font for uh for a pirate's life uh so a little backstory about me really quick and i'm sorry to bore everyone but i I need to really get this off my chest before i continue in college i had a let's say romantic flame and she was obsessed with the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So uh, now the shattered, painful remnants of my love life are DKU. So thank you, Rare. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, who wants to start? I, I, don't, I don't even know. Like, where, where do I we... don't. This is weird, Heil. This is weird. And, I... and, and, I don't know if we've even fully gripped 
how we feel about it, mm. other than it is huge and it is weird. Hey, that's what she said. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I like it, but I feel like, like, I don't know how to broach this because I feel like it's it's as if we've been told to record a podcast for a show that covers completely different subject matter. <laughs> right. Yeah, as far as crossovers go, it's not the weirdest crossover, but it's weird for us, I, I would say. Uh, it, it's... It's weird for, I, I guess, this subset of the DK Vine staff conversation host. I, I don't know how you want to parse it out, but it, it's a logical crossover that's still utterly alien to us at the same time. And all I'll say about this uh, in the preamble is that we, in retrospect, should have realized this was coming or a potential for it was coming. Because and I guess I can I can talk about this a little openly now. Back at E3 2019, uh, we overheard some rare staffers talking about having a meeting with Disney, and we didn't talk about it because it was information we were not supposed to hear. And so it's just like okay, you know. But you know, we we were discussing off stream in, in our private time, like what that could entail. And I don't know how any of us failed to land on this like it, you know we were thinking you know maybe rare wanted to bring one of their properties to disney but it was vice versa it was disney bringing one of their properties to rare uh and so yeah it, it, it's a it's a full-fledged crossover with the pirates of the caribbean franchise which you know is not really as huge and robust as it was in the early to mid aughts, the, the cult- cultural kind of uh, footprint of it has lessened, like those bear footprints I found when I was hiking. But it's still a big deal. It, it's still um, something that is like getting all of the headlines right now. And it's amazing the amount of people who are excited about this. I just. In the last couple of hours alone, I've seen so many comments. Oh, I guess I need to play Sea of Thieves now. As if, like, the, the only thing stopping them was a major Disney crossover. I... The, you know, the the way I think about it is, even though the later sequels uh, aren't, you know, didn't have the same impact, and, and, and the series has been dormant for a while, um, Pirates of the Caribbean is the pirate movie. Yeah. Franchise. You yeah. know, it's, it is... It basically is pirates for people in the same way the Sea of Thieves has really well positioned itself as the pirate game. Yeah, uh, especially when, you know, game, like the, its potentially closest rival from Ubisoft, Skull and Bones, has just kind of faded into like the either. We don't know where it is or, or where development is on it, but we haven't seen anything from it for years. So... Yeah, Sea of Thieves really has positioned itself in the last three years, has a dedicated player base that's growing every year, and, you know, not being a Pirates of the Caribbean... 20 million players. Yeah, not being a Pirates of the Caribbean fan, uh, or or really an aficionado of anything Disney outside of their acquired properties like Marvel and Star Wars, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't pick up on the the song at the beginning the music cues all the little hints that says hey this is going to be pirates of the caribbean in sea I, of thieves 
I, I looked back at that trailer and I'm like almost like embarrassed how like extremely obvious it was. <laughs> um, like I, 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 I said this story um, before, but um, I had watched that trailer in the opening with the narration and thinking, oh, it, it it's cool that uh, it sounds like rare cast uh, Naomi Harris, uh, who played Tia Dalma in Pirates of the Caribbean, in a very similar part. And then I saw the dog with the key and I realized, oh, oh, yeah. Oh. This is this just is Tia yeah. Dalma, and, and even up before that point, we and, come into the trailer with Sea of the with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean music. They have uh, and 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 this like the first shot is the rare logo. The second shot is a Sea of Thieves sized version of the Disney right. castle. I did not even catch on the first watch through. I guess maybe because part of me was just blindsided that it was Sea of Thieves all of a sudden. Yeah, when but, um, when we weren't really looking for any big Sea of Thieves trailers. The second I the second I rewatched it, yeah, I realized like, oh, they put they put Yo Ho, the a Pirate's Life for me, the song from the ride that was in I think like most of the the movie series is trailers as well. Like that is the Pirates of the Caribbean like lyrical song. Mm. Yeah, and I was like awestruck that I didn't catch it because oh, it is such a the big thing. Show. This is the thing with these things is is <laughs> it, it, it's so hard to process what you're watching yeah, in real time. A- absolutely, especially even going back and rewatching it, I I struggle to focus on what I'm even seeing because I'm also listening to narration. Yeah, and you really have to like mute it and just look at the images to process the kinds of things that they're showing that are going to be in this. I've told this story before, but when Tropical Freeze got its first trailer in 2013, uh, you, you know, and you, you saw the first part of level one, one where the airplane falls down. I was like, did Donkey Kong just jump out of a spaceship? Like, like, cause your brain really can't keep up with what it's seeing. You're just, you're just seeing new visuals from this property that you know, by heart and so it's it's almost like you can't keep up with it. it. You're just like you go into sort of a semi state of shock, and uh, that's what that's what happened here. I was proud of myself though because by the time we got to like the the back of Jack Sparrow in the cage, I was like, "Is this Jack Sparrow?" Like because there could be nothing else that they were building up to that would matter. Like because this 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 is a trailer for an E three crowd, so it would have to be a big big figure and, and so that's that's what it dawned on me what i was seeing um and but yeah it it was um it was weird and it was weird to see all of the weird like the the eccentric mannerisms the fidgety you know jack sparrow stuff in a sea of thieves trailer um, they uh they actually consulted with uh johnny depp's like body double or whatever uh, from the movies um, to get the mannerisms down with mocap because they they wanted to figure out like uh, you know if he says these words what would he be doing with his hands mm-hmm. you know stuff like that because Jack Sparrow is such a he, that's like such a part of the character is his mannerisms his restless um, leg syndrome yeah I I think that like it it 
once I saw it, then I just kind of, my brain shut down and I was just like, I kind of went into hibernation mode and I was like, all right, let me just see how this plays out because I really can't form an opinion on it for, for probably close to 10 minutes. And it was sort of the way I felt. And these are like vastly different gulfs as far as like pop cultural uh, shadows cast, but it was like when they did the Shovel Knight trailer for Ukulele, and I remember being like, oh, really? Because I wanted ukulele, ukulele to kind of stand on its own, and I was like, oh, really? With this, at first, just at first, because I was like, I want Sea of Thieves to be its own thing. I don't want it to keep be dwarfed by a greater property and I want it to stand on its own. I'm a fan of Sea of Thieves. I don't need this other stuff in here. But the more I sat with it, the more I started to like it. It's kind of like this off-the-wall... Like, I, I would have never conceived this for this game. I would have never fantasized about this for this game. But now that I've lived with it for a few hours, uh, I'm starting to like it and how bold it is I, I i guess if you want to call major corporations crossing over bold b- bold it's it's like the the fact that this isn't just a cheap crossover cash and we'll get into like how this is going to work but this is actually a story that matters to the ongoing narrative of sea of thieves it, it's a story with consequence it's not weightless and so that's what intrigues me it's like you know to to do this and bring in this IP with such a, let's be honest, terrifyingly huge corporation like Disney, uh, that takes some gusto. So, yeah, I think part of what makes it so unexpected is that Sea of Thieves, I would have defined Sea of Thieves on, on the, like, how strongly it established itself as its own brand so quickly. Everything about and, and and they've tiptoed it in just kind of cheeky little hints at other canons and other references. Yeah. Um. There's some stuff with the Goonies, but it has a really solid core property to it in and of itself, and it's never done anything like this. And and in a way that's so front and center, where Jack Sparrow is probably basically going to be the star of this story, hanging out on your ship with you, probably. Right. Yeah. It 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 also like awestruck me because like Pirates of the Caribbean, in addition to being the like probably the most well known um like pirate movie franchise, is also like ex- ex- an extremely influential piece of pirate like media in general. If you go all the way back to the rides, mm-hmm. because so much of like other pirate pop culture and like imagery is drawn specifically from that ride like um like Monkey Island especially and yeah like like that image that those callbacks and like the echoes of things that were have been established from from Pirates of the Caribbean the ride Pirates of the Caribbean the movies like mm-hmm. that that DNA has I think bled into Sea of Thieves itself so this does create like a bit of yeah. a a snake eating its own tail scenario. Well, yeah, and, I th- and that was part of why I like wouldn't have, in my wildest dreams, expected this to happen. A big thing is, you know, and and I'm gonna be rewatching all the movies now, 
because this is basically going to act as a sequel to the movies in some fashion, and I need to make sure that I, you know, have it all fresh in my mind. But one of the things that I was struck by the last time I watched the movies was how much it seems like Sea of Thieves has cribbed from Pirates of the Caribbean just, like, directly. There's so many things that are, they're, like, so on the nose with how they inspired Sea of Thieves. Well, and Um, that's, that's the point I wanted to bring up because Sea of Thieves, to me, has been kind of a melding of different aspects of pirates in pop culture. And as the basis, you get just, like, the rare pirates, which have always been a thing in rare games. But then you... It really does draw heavily on two properties, the Goonies, that, that's the spirit of adventure in the Goonies and a lot of the iconography, and then Pirates of the Caribbean, which really introduced to a lot of people this concept of pirates less as like seafaring criminals who are treated as the villains and more pirates can also be the protagonist. Pirates can be dashing. Pirates can... I guess Errol Flynn maybe had a little bit of this, but... Less so, like, weirdo, antiquated people, and more like pirates as rock stars, kind of. Johnny Depp's portrayal, and... and I'd say maybe similar to how, like, Indiana Jones kind of repackages a lot of, like, old adventure serial imagery in a way that's, like, more accessible to a modern audience. And then Donkey Kong Country repackaged Indiana Jones. Absolutely. I agree, Cameron. No, a big (laughs) thing, too, in terms of how... Pirates of the Caribbean has influenced Sea of Thieves and other pirate media is how much, right out of the gate, Pirates of the Caribbean is is a fantasy movie. It is not a grounded-in-reality pirate film. There's a Kraken. There's skeleton people, you know, and... Jeff, I don't um, know what reality you live in, but it sounds boring. Well, I'm just saying, if you compare it to pirate media up to that point... Um, you know, stuff like the various adaptations of Treasure Island. There was the Cutthroat Island. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered. Wasn't there a Virtual Boy Cutthroat Island game? Was there? No, you're thinking of Waterworld. Was it Waterworld? Right? It, it, no, it, I think there was going to be a Virtual Boy Cutthroat Island. I don't remember, but I remember Cutthroat Island being in Nintendo Power around the same time as Donkey Kong Country 2 and, and just laughing. <laughs> And, and and a lot of those, you know, you get the tropes of we have a map and we have to solve some riddles yeah. and these booby traps and that kind of Indiana Jones thing. But a lot of the pirate movies, they're still grounded in, like, just, you know, real-life logic and not there's no magic. And Pirates of the Caribbean comes along and suddenly the life of a pirate is full of magic and curses and evil forces and that is, I think, really strong is the basis of what Sea of Thieves is. Yeah, when I went to Rare in 2016, I got to watch the the sizzle reel they put together for Microsoft, uh, then Microsoft Studios, when they were pitching the game to them. And so they used a lot of clips from different pirate media to kind of get a point, get across the the game they were trying to make. And a lot of it was Pirates of the Caribbean. So this does feel like a natural melding. It, it's but it's like the it's just weird directly bringing in one of your major influences at, into the canon. That's that doesn't happen often. Um, that's 
that's what's so bewildering about all of this, especially with Sea of Thieves, which is so much a part of Rare's games. You know, so so many of their games have Sea of Thieves as either a sequel or a prequel, uh, you know, going back to Arthur Pendragon. So now here comes Jack Sparrow and all of these uh, Disney characters. It's crazy. It, it's just, just crazy the... Like, I, we make a joke that, you know, all of video games share a multiverse now, but we're getting to the point where all of pop culture shares a multiverse. Yeah, and can we just talk for a second about trying to process what even is this going to be while we're, you know, while you're watching this? Because, you know, they build up to the Jack Sparrow moment, but even that, it's hard to comprehend, especially when, you know, like we said, you can't process what is happening but you don't know to what extent is this crossover is this just some kind of um fun little thing and maybe you know you could get a jack sparrow skin for your character to wear (laughs) for money uh you know bullshit like that and and then you get a skin and then you get a skeleton and a skeleton can run around Yay! <laughs> that would be great if the skeleton curse um, left behind extra skins, <laughs> and you could just find the skins. I guess that might be what the pirate appearance potion is. Is you actually you just wear just somebody else's skin? Yeah, yeah. But like when you go, you, you go. I go. I went from thinking, "Oh, is this going to be a really little thing?" to thinking, "So much of what we're seeing is brand new." Is this even an update to Sea of Thieves, or is this a new game in the Sea of Thieves universe? It honestly looked like a new game for the longest time. I wasn't sure until the end, uh, because it, it nothing about it looked like it was built on the architecture of the game we know. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean? Like, we, we are seeing locations and and physics that we have never seen in Sea of Thieves before. It's really the experience of it. I find this so hard to talk about because this trailer is kind of just a rapid fire, new thing, new thing, new thing, really big new thing, like thrown after you one at the other. And like any one of the things like revealed in this trailer could have been would have been huge Sea of Thieves news. And it's just an entire like right. egg carton of them that, that the way that, you know, and and. If you're coming at this as a Disney fan or as a Pirates of the Caribbean specific fan, uh, you know that's that's the headline. That's the, you know Jack Sparrow is the headline. But for me, who's so deeply versed in Sea of Thieves fandom, as like the fan of the game and its universe and its phys- and its gameplay and all of that, um, this would be gigantic if you stripped the Pirates of the Caribbean IP out of it. Oh yeah. This- this, no, would, this would be a gigantic bit of news for Sea of Thieves. This looks like the um, biggest update since the anniversary update. It, it, it absolutely is 100%. going to be when it launches. And uh, so I guess then that just brings us into t- discussing what is this? Uh, well, it's, we know it's five new tall tales uh, because Mike Chapman did an interview. It was with TheVerge.com. Um, I, what? My, yeah, I, I don't know if Mike Chapman also... You said Variety earlier, but maybe he did one with Variety, too? Uh, yeah, the one I saw was Variety. Okay, uh, so he's just hitting, he's hitting, hitting all the Vs. 
but not <laughs> not Vanity Fair. But uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. I th- I'm looking at it right now. It's on Variety.com, and in big capital letters, they say exclusive. Oh well, then the well, Verge just stole Variety's reporting. Excuse me. Five new tall tales, and how that works, we're not exactly sure. The way the other tall tales work is you find the starting point on in the Sea of Thieves, and you all vote on the tall tales accrue, and then the tall tale starts, and that opens up things right. for you. But so I think you know, for people who are coming new to Sea of Thieves to this conversation, a tall tale is Sea of Thieves' version of a story mission. Mm-hmm. A a story-based, narrative-focused mission that will involve puzzles and dungeons and boss fights and things of that nature. Um, but they happen in the shared multiplayer world of Sea of Thieves. So you find an NPC that has the option next to them to say, hey, I want to go on this adventure. And then you do that, and then you go do that adventure in the shared world of the game. But, uh, what you know, with this new thing, they showed so many new locations that aren't on the Sea of Thieves map. Yeah. That it, yeah. it, it makes you wonder, are we going to... How are we going to get there? Well, um, I think I recognize... Because yeah. I've seen the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie a couple of times. Uh, the sequels are, are where my knowledge just kind of dry up because I haven't seen them. But um, I recognize the port town from the movie, um, right? Like, that's the with the, the clock tower. and Or am I thinking Back to the Future? I don't, I don't, I don't know. But... Uh, <laughs> I mean that that the 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 idea of a port town in Sea of Thieves was something I thought about when we first saw the game, but isn't actually part of the game. You know, we have outposts; that's the closest you get to port towns. And in the expanded universe, you know, we see characters um, in port towns and, before they go out to the Sea of Thieves. But this that's is, a it, that's a design decision too. Yeah, is that they want the world to feel like the Wild West. Like, that this is a place that is barely settled. Yeah. So, you have outposts, but you don't have bustling port towns. Yeah, I. this is, I think, the first time we've seen, like, non-ancient um, structures built out of something other than discarded ship parts. Yeah. I'm, right. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird to see stone structures that aren't, uh, yeah, built, like, as ancient ruins. And, you know, that, that really, like, begs the question, how does this not break the game? Where, like, this takes us out of the Sea of Thieves, right? But there might be a, uh, a mechanic that allows us to maybe not leave the Sea of Thieves, but have um, adventures, like, removed from it from within, if that makes any sense. Um, because, yeah, like a separate... so. Kind of like the maiden voyage you launch into separately. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I mean, it, it's been presented to us as you have to ra- rescue Jack Sparrow from the Sea of the Damned, uh, which hues closely to, you know, the plot of the, the movies or the original trilogy, at least. But um, the Sea of the Damned, of course, is a frequented location in Sea of Thieves. It's where you go when you die, and then you have to wait on the Ferry of the Damned until you come back. Uh, it, there, 
there was a moment in this trailer that kind of like hammered home like how kind of cool this crossover is going to be because of that sort of contrast between Sea of Thieves and Pirates of the Caribbean, which was um, the scene of Davy Jones and the Flying Dutchman popping out of the sea. There's a bit of his narration. There's a bit. There's a bit of dialogue from him that I'm just going to read without doing a Bill Nye impression because um, I, I can't. I can't do it without. Do it as much, Bill Nye, but, the science guy. A world without the eternal abyss is a world that refuses to face the truth. Nothing lasts forever. So, it, what I mean is, in in the context of Pirates of the Caribbean, Davy Jones is like a Grim Reaper type figure, mm-hmm. and that that's contrasted, at, like he's like feared he's an arbiter of like death and despair. And meanwhile, the Sea of Thieves is a world where death is, is at least yeah. on at least appears to be pretty much a slap on the wrist. It's He's meaningless. He's the anti ferryman. He's the yeah. opposite of the ferryman. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering if like this starts from the ferry of the dam. Like you can activate the tall tale somewhere on the ferry. I mean, I know that you can already do that with one tall tale, but. I'm wondering if Jack Sparrow is kept on the Ferry of the Damned and we get to finally explore elsewhere well, on the ship. You know, I- interestingly, I-, I was watching the trailer a lot of times today, and uh, I'm pretty sure that when the Flying Dutchman pops out and fires on a ship, the ship that's being fired on, I believe, is the Ferry of the Damned. Oh, weird. Uh, because when you look at the bow of the ship... The bowsprit, like the long, long pointy part, is detached from the ship and floating ghostly. It's not physically attached to the ship. Um, and there's like some black chains and things. And uh, yeah, so I think that the and, and, and the figurehead is a unicorn. But I think it is like the, the black unicorn that is the figurehead of the Fairy of the Damned. Um so that moment when we uh, actually we could compare the cannons. I didn't look that closely at the cannons. But I'm looking when, at the ship right now, and I think you're right. It's either the Ferry of the Damned or a very strikingly similar ship because I do see like they show a like shot of it in the distance. You do you see like these splinters of disconnected wood just floating right off the surface of it, and the skeletal unicorn figurehead. Well, I think yeah. When when Jack Sparrow says oh. I think it's a good time to use these cannons or whatever. I think that those cannons are the cannons from the Fairy of the Damned. Um, but anyway, what we do know of the story or what we've heard from like between the posts that was on their website and the stuff that was in Variety is that so we've got to rescue Jack from the Fairy of the Damned. And while we're in the Sea of the Damned, uh, because he's dead or whatever, there's some mechanism by which we can revisit moments from his life. And that, that's why, that's kind of the crux, I think, of the campaign, is going to iconic locations. and But they specifically call out stuff from Jack's life and also locations from the theme park ride uh, are also going to be referenced. So, so, yeah. So would you think that 
port town we see is not like a made up town for the context of Sea of Thieves, but like the actual, say, Port Royal. I'm guessing it will be. Yeah. Locations actually from Pirates of the Caribbean. And that also might explain things like, um, you know, how do we see this character if this character is dead or whatever? Uh, because we could be visiting a, a memory from Jack's past at any point in his timeline, I think. I think that's how it's going to go. So, that's a speculation. so it's basically but, hewing close to my fan and explanation for how we can replay the tall tales. They're just holograms, hard light holograms that you're experiencing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with um, that. <laughs> and, and there is a moment where we see the pirates kind of sailing towards a portal. Yeah. And I don't know if that portal is going to take us to, a, you know, uh, maybe a, a memory from Jack's past, or is it going to take us to the Sea of the Damned? Um, I would think that we wouldn't have to sail to the Sea of the Damned if all the shots of us there are on the Ferry of the Damned. I would think that we would just go to the Ferry of the Damned and and it would act as the way of getting to the story. Uh, um, unless there's another ship on the Sea of the Damned that he's being held on, and that's what we have to track down. Maybe they don't want to mix the Fairy of the Damned, which is just a, a core pillar of casual gameplay with this story. Yeah. Well, and then, so that brings us to the, the, the big thing is, uh, how is this going to interact with the shared multiplayer world if at all, yeah, are we going to be separate from the online multiplayer on our own little story thing? Which I think is what some people kind of wished the story mode would be in the original Tall Tales. And I think that they had this kind of design ethos of, no, let, we, we need to make everything integrated into the world. But then I think kind of as it went on, you know, stuff like the Shores of Gold... Um, finale to that and then stuff like the heart of fire they kind of tiptoe into letting you be in your own separate place away from other players that would make a ton of sense to me because i do think you add in like it's already um it's already kind of jarring when other players like in basically kind of intrude on you in the middle of a tall tale but also it still makes sense in the context of the world like hey you might be sailing to this like island to go through like a trap maker's maze and you might run into trouble because it's a shared world i think in this case it would be a little bit more um it would feel a little bit more off to be adventuring with jack sparrow and then something happens and your boat sinks because another player like decided to get right and i think with you having that separate private server instance like we we go through a portal and we're somewhere else and we and we're we're on the sea of the damned or whatever and we're not going to see other players that opens up a lot of possibilities for how they can structure a single player you know they can structure the experience under the assumption uh, and and under the knowledge that you won't have these other emergent things happening to you so they can make it much more scripted if they want mm-hmm. to much more authored if they want to. And um, they can probably do a lot of things that, that we've never been like, seen them do before because it wouldn't have made sense in the shared world. Well, yeah, could you imagine... Almost if, like the Maiden Voyage. Could you imagine if everybody on the server was doing the same tall tale and you had, like, a Jack Sparrow on every ship? That would be, <laughs> that would be weird. 
Well, yeah, you look at the maiden voyage, and which is a private experience, not in the shared world. And when you finally sail your boat from Old Sailor's Isle to the, you know, through the sea, uh, through the Devil's Shroud to the Sea of Thieves, there are these scripted moments of a skeleton ship that then gets attacked by a kraken, and it and it can't hurt you really. Like it's just this kind of visual scripted element jump scares um yeah like jump scares and and it's very visually uh exciting but like you couldn't do that in the shared world right uh and and so i'm excited about that um that to see you know what it, what are they going to do that never has been possible before in sea of thieves yeah i know mike chapman early on was adamant that every like at first like the whole concept of npcs he was kind of against he was like no everything encounter i wanted to be another player that's the excitement but i think over time he softened those views uh as the game has just evolved and taken on a life of its own and it's made the game more vibrant and exciting as a result like once upon a time the the concept of skelly cruise would have been unthinkable and i'm so glad we got past that hurdle because now you can really just keep Mm. expanding it the game the game can be a shared world where you run into other players, but it can also be so much more, and I'm so glad they're taking that risk. Well, on that topic of them shifting their focus to you, you, everything had to be live players, and now they have a lot more emphasis on the kind of AI things you can encounter, that's another big part of this update, is it's not just the story mode. It's uh, new AI and other things that are going to permanently... Uh, flesh out and improve the whole Sea of Thieves experience, Hell even yes. when you're not engaging mm-hmm. with the story. I, Jeff, you and I were talking, so we did a, a kind of mini stream of Thieves after the Xbox showcase, where we just sailed around with a bunch of people from the community just talking about we had ju- what we had just seen and and getting sunk by aggressive crews. And you you brought up, and I completely agree, you know, if you remove the the Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, uh, this trailer would have been super exciting for us because we got we we got not one, not two, but three new emergent threats in the game that are not skeletons. And as much as we love skeletons, believe me, we love skeletons. It's so refreshing to see things that we have been dreaming about, talking about. Uh, going back to E3 2015 when this game was first announced, and now we've got these things coming to the game. Yeah, this is one of those things that's been on the wish list since day one, and it's that in and of itself is any one of these things would have been huge, and we're getting all of them at once. Right, and and, you know, you play Sea of Thieves, and up to this point, basically every single thing you do in the game is like, Oh, go do that thing, and you're gonna have to fight some skeletons. And then you go do the next thing, and you're gonna have to fight a couple skeletons. And you could go on a mission specifically to fight skeletons, or you could go on a mission unrelated and have to fight some skeletons. Or you can go do a big world event, and then there's gonna be skeletons. Or you could do a story mission, and of course you're gonna have to run into a couple skeletons all the, the every single time. So. <laughs> So so now look at the variety we're gonna have. We have sirens yeah. as uh, 
underwater malicious like merfolk. Yeah, I I likened it to uh, the minjos of the mermaids or the merfolk because that that's this is essentially what they are. And and we were speculating about uh, sirens. I think uh, E three twenty sixteen maybe um, maybe twenty fifteen because there was a siren call at the end of the trailer when you saw the rare logo. And it, it was just like, are there going to be sirens in the game? And a lot of this concept art, we've seen kind of two distinct class of merfolk, like the benevolent ones that we're used to, yeah. and a more alien-looking, sinister yeah. Yeah. class. That I is, think this that- has been seeded since the very beginning. Like, I honestly expected, like, not to... I, I don't mean to sound this to sound disparagingly. I expected this a lot sooner just because it was one of the first things we were ever teased like in the form of the art the art books the concept art the there was like a a like sample like 3d animation of like a a mer person like slowly becoming more like alien and fish like mm-hmm. yeah all of this has been baked into the lore right from the start with um stuff like even in the athena's fortune novel interacting with the merfolk and uh you know the art book and stuff and and we know about the the curse of the drowned i think is what they call it which is a curse that makes a person turn into a merfolk and i think that the benevolent merfolk that help us are people that are somewhere on that spectrum of transforming but not quite alien and evil yet um because they have more human-like features their eyes and pupils and things and versus the fully transformed merfolk, which seem to be evil. Or maybe they're not all evil, but maybe there's classes, I don't know. But these are called sirens, and they're gonna... I mean, any threat that you fight underwater is gonna be hugely different than fighting a skeleton, because you're, you're in a three-dimensional space, you know, you can move up and down and all around, Skeletons and don't you swim, have... Yeah. And, and you have to d- deal with uh, the, you know... Breathing, you can only breathe for so long. It's, I think, part of why, like, I am just so, not to make it a pun, out of my depth when the rare situation occurs in the game, usually fighting another player, where I suddenly have to engage in combat underwater because all the rules go out the window. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's going to be terrifying. I think that being in the water and having one of these things attack you is going to be terrifying in a way that the sharks kind of aren't anymore, maybe just from overexposure or maybe they were never too scary. But I like you don't you don't jump when you see a shark. Um they're almost just kind of like an annoyance like, "Oh yeah, I've been in the water now, I got to deal with a shark." Um versus this that is going to be I mean, I think it's going to scare the shit out of me yeah. every time they pop I'm up. I'm not going to play the game by myself for a while. I, I, I want you you all to protect me from from the scary fish people. Oh, yeah. And you know how often you just fall off the boat and, and <laughs> always without you? No, I'm oh, staying. here's a friendly mermaid to bring me back to the ship. Oh, God. Hey, I'm staying. It's a minjo. I'm, I'm, I'm staying in the captain's cabin from now on. I'll just be on the bed until you need me. Uh, yeah. Hiles, Hiles' relationship with fishing has come to an end. Yeah. Well, I, I reached level 50 in the Hunter's Call today on our little stream, so maybe this is a good place to jump off that, that fetish. This is, <laughs> they, they, yeah, your reputation has grown so much that the merfolk are going to just put you on a, on a hit list. 
so these are the most dangerous pirates on the Sea of Thieves to our way of life. So the Siren's using uh, a weapon, but maybe we want to come back to that after we we touch upon yeah. all three of these enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the next enemy in the game is, I think, the natural extension of the ghost ships. Because we, we've had ghost ships in the game for a while, both as their own like mission and as the Flameheart battles. That uh, the Flameheart's forces, you know, are are ghost ships. But who is piloting the ghost ships? Who 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 are sailing the ghost ships? We never really see them. But now we've got phantoms in the game, and phantoms are ghost pirates. But now there's there's no ship necessarily. They are a land based threat that can attack you. Um, and, and, and be all spooky about it. Yeah. You know, and I think that, so ghosts have been part of Sea of Thieves for a good while. I mean, since when you the go all the way, yeah. Right. I mean, obviously with, um, but like physically ghosts have been in the game as, uh, far back as the Shores of Gold stories when we had, uh, the Fate of the Morning Star Tall Tale and that was where you had the, a lantern that would allow you to cast a light on uh, basically like the black light revealing the stains of ghosts, you know, Im- imprinted memories on the world of of the paths of past pirates. Oh, God, and, I hope it's uh, urine. And, and then... <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, we got the ghost ships, and I think a big piece of the the lore of like year what do you call it year two of the game or year three of the game like uh, there was a, a a big arc of time where um because of some dark rituals going on the veil between our world and the sea of the damned has been weakened little by little the fort of the damned is basically like a you know the essence of the sea of the damned brought to our world and at it, uh, special ghost skeletons can appear, and, and the ghost of uh, Captain Greymarrow uh, is resurrected. And then you have the portals that open up that allow ghost ships to come, which is what happens whenever we fight Flameheart's uh, fleets. And, um, and then also the fact that we can now revive our pirates. We can see the ghosts leaving their bodies, and if we, you know, you know, if we uh, do the little pep talk with them, uh, with our teammate before the ghost leaves their body, we can get them to get back up and get back in the fight. Um, so this just feels like an extension of that. Now there's going to be ghosts that can haunt islands and it, attack you. It, it's a nice little, I think, upset of the like the until now like built-in psychology of Sea of Thieves world building, where I feel like it's kind of been shorthand in the world building that like. If you see another hum- if you see a human in the world, like a human face, it is like one of just a handful of things. It's another player, or it's an NPC who like won't harm you, won't get in a fight with you, won't attack you. And then the AI threats, which the most humanoid so far have been the Skellies, and you kind of just take a Skelly being around as a universal sign that oh they're going to attack me. This puts a a human face to an AI threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's... One thing that I think is great about it is that Rare has the infinite pirate generator, which is their 
character select screen when you create your pirate, but it also, when it first was kind of revealed, it was sort of pitched as we can easily create in you know characters this way. We can like we have a system that will just generate unique faces and bodies um, for us to use for NPCs, and they haven't really had a lot of use for it because they don't put new characters in the game all the time. But I think that fighting phantoms is probably going to be in, an instance of the game using its own infinite pirate generator to generate unique ghosts every time you fight. God, it must have, it, taken, a... it must have taken them days to get a pirate that looked like Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really look that much like Johnny Depp. I mean, no, it's you all do, You don't want to make it look area. too much like Johnny Depp these days. There's, there's, there's some issues with that, apparently. But, you know, you, you, you got to get it close to the iconography of Jack Sparrow. So, so we it had... Looked, the, it yeah. looks like Jack Sparrow... More than it looks like Johnny Depp, which is... Yeah, so... And then there's one other... They're not even giving us two AI threats. They're giving us three. We went from having basically just skeletons to now we're going to have four types of things. And that is the the ocean crawlers, is what they're calling them. Yeah, and and whenever I hear ocean crawlers, I think uh, grapefruit juice or cranberry juice. Uh, Oh, yeah. But no, uh, ocean crawlers—they're—they're—they're they're, they're clam heads. Uh, this, is, this is weird, right? They're—they're uh, they're crustacean crab they're, people, but they're—they have clam heads. I so mean, it, it's fitting that this is a Pirates of the Caribbean crossover because they remind me a lot of um, Davy Jones' crewmates from the second movie, who were all kind of like humans, slowly like transforming into these like all all dumb, manner like, of nautical like, creatures correct yeah like starfish and like, like what one of them has an eel head one of them is like more like a crab like they're all you know but uh jack sparrow specifically when when he's given the voice over the narration and it shows these creatures he says cursed crews so a pretty easy assumption is that there's some kind of curse that turns pirates into these crustacean or into these nautical-based monsters the various forms. And Which the- makes perfect sense. There'd be more than one. If the Sea of Thieves is full of cursed artifacts, it would there'd be more more than just the curse that turns you into a skeleton. Yeah, and or, the, or makes you gold. The term ocean crawler has been used in the game um with with some of the cosmetics, right? Like there's a whole whole range of clothing and and ship uh, aesthetics that used or or am I thinking is it similar to something is it was it ocean crawler? Yeah, there's an ocean there's yeah. an ocean crawler ship set. Yeah, it's yeah ocean like crawler ship set. The whole cosmetic set came into the game with the Forsaken Shores update when they also added in uh, the Forsaken Ashes cosmetic set and the Kraken cosmetic set. Yeah. So, um, so like, oh. they, they, they have kind of alluded to Ocean Crawler being a thing without actually... This hasn't been uh, baked into the lore like the Merfolk slash Sirens and, and Phantoms have been. This is kind of like a new thing idea but it still has some sort of roots from what's already in the game so yeah yeah i mean this this is cool they they kind of erupt from the the sandy beaches but they 
like they and the sirens might be able to board your ship based on, well, on what we we've seen yeah so it's it's unclear what is what because we see clam heads and we also <laughs> see big or uh, excuse me we see big crustacean like juggernauts like um but in the scene when they say the cursed cruise and they and we see like these creatures climbing aboard the ship we have a clam head and a crab monster and you have um like a what looks like a siren, the same kind of face and and body, except that it's walking on two legs. It does not have oh. a fishtail. And uh, so I'm calling that a merwalker. <laughs> I have names for everything. You have, you have uh, clamheads, merwalkers, and uh, crabbernauts. Those are like juggernaut crabs. And uh, the merwalker, um, and we'll, we'll talk about what the merwalker has in a minute. But before we talk about that, um, I wanted to point out that if you look at them throughout the trailer, uh, the Murwalker in, embedded in its chest is a Sapphire Mermaid gem. Ooh. And Im- embedded in the chest of the Clamhead is an Emerald Mermaid gem. Oh. And embedded in the Crab uh, is a Ruby Mermaid gem. And so my theory is that they, these are three, like, tiers of ocean crawler just different kinds of curses of the ocean crawler curse and then when you defeat them they're gonna drop a gem now jeff you had a theory about the merfolk statues in the game (laughs) uh that you pitched to mike chapman at e3 2019 where you said the merfolk statues that usually produce these gems were the cocoons for the merfolk and were actually killing them and that horrified Mike Chapman, and he never spoke to you again. But I, th- I wonder if you weren't terribly off base there. What, what if they are the cocoons for the ocean crawler classes? Possible, totally possible, because they the merfolk statue has a gem embedded in its chest, mm-hmm. right? And so do these creatures. Although it's kind of hard to imagine that giant crab bursting out of a, mer- uh, a ruby merfolk statue. Well, we um, see a giant merfolk statue in the trailer. Oh, yeah, that's true. So they can come in different sizes. And I, I have no idea what's up with that. Uh, so with the merfolk statue in the trailer, there's a moment where a merfolk statue that is the size of a fucking uh, gigantic monument just starts erupting out of the water. That what is feels, its purpose? That feels like it has to be a set piece for a, a tall tale to me, but I have no idea what the context would be. Yeah, like, what the hell is it? You know, in, in the game, Duke, the, the bilge rat who used to be a fixture in all the taverns before Lorena took over, uh, Duke has been saying, like, finding out some dark shit and basically becoming traumatized. And... Recently in the game, he said something like, we thought they were just statues. And he was alluding that there was more to the merfolk statues than we originally thought. So there's definitely a connection between all of this. I guess in, like, it might not even be like a tall tale thing. It could be a new emergent event where you have to, like, crack open a giant statue with, like, your ship. I don't know. That would be sweet. Um, Like, maybe... 
Well, and so and that brings me back to the thing with the ocean crawlers. We see one erupt from the sand and attack a pirate on a beach. And presumably, unlike skeletons, these things could go in the water. I mean, I don't know. But being able to go from land to water would make sense for an ocean crawler. Um, but the more interesting thing is it's hard to know if this is just a trailer moment that's not indicative of gameplay. But we see those three ocean crawlers that I described climbing aboard the deck of your ship. Yeah. And if, if, if there is nothing in Sea of Thieves that does this except for other players. Um, but like being able to board your ship and your ship, like being attacked by AI on your own ship, your safe has space. never happened. No, it's your safe space except from other players. So this will, th- this could potentially completely recontextualize the way you think when you play Sea of Thieves. If these creepy crawlies can climb up and be boogity boogity and you're like, ah, and that, you know, like, what do you do? Like, you have enough to worry about. Now you have to worry about crab folk. It's like, I'm bailing the water. I'm bailing out the water, guys. Hey, somebody uh, get me a bucket. Oh, my God, there's a fucking crab on our boat. Like, yeah. it's going to be crazy. <laughs> and and uh, but in what I was going to say was, you know, Cameron mentioned the giant statue. What if that's like an event uh, where everyone around can come and try and crack open the statue but to i think you know to add like what what would the challenge be um other than it just being a pinata is that the waters could be teeming with crap um yeah ocean crawlers that are gonna board your ship while you're doing this stuff similarly um there's a moment in the trailer um where davy jones is is standing on the flying dutchman like and the various ocean crawler creatures are like under his command. They're raising the capstan on the flying Dutchman. So I could see like going back to the earlier part of the trailer where you're getting into a firefight with the flying Dutchman. Maybe you like, in addition to fighting the flying Dutchman, like you would any, like a skeleton ship, just a very large, like dreadnought sized one that you also have to contend with being boarded by ocean crawlers, which and again, it's completely appropriate that pairing of the ocean crawlers with him, considering what all of his crew are like in the movies. Yeah, I'm. I am so excited to find out more about the, the, how that's going to work. It's just. Um, it's weird to me because you know you, you mentioned the Flying Dutchman, and the Flying Dutchman outside of Pirates of the Caribbean as a legendary ghost ship uh, in actual seafaring lore. So it's weird that it's actually in Sea of Thieves. But in the Pirates of the Caribbean context, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. Yeah, oh, I cannot wait to do some fucking Spongebob memes about this. <laughs> the Flying Dutchman is a character on on Spongebob, uh, on a ghost ship. But, yeah, you know, uh, the, the the thing about the ocean crawlers is that I have no idea how they work. Whereas I think the sirens and the phantoms are kind of straightforward. Like you're you're gonna fight a siren underwater, it's gonna swim around you, you gotta slash at it, shoot at it. And the phantoms are just like land based threats. We have skeletons already, although the phantoms can teleport, we see. So that's gonna change up uh you know, maybe they're just really speedy and slashy, unlike a skeleton. Um but, you know, I don't know what the ocean crawlers do. I I do know that they have some kind of weapon in their hands. Yeah, yeah. Crack that whip, Jeff. 
Electric eels are in the game now, but they're used as whips. Yeah. Oh my god! If if they don't let us use the whips, I'm gonna be a sad lad yeah. because that we don't see fun. a pirate hold a whip. We only see the uh, the ocean crawler Murwalker. Uh, hold the whip. Yeah, but what if you can defeat them and then you can pick up the whips and then you, you, what if there's like a Devo emote in the game then? Oh, I would love that. <laughs> I want the Devo <laughs> outfit. Give me the hat. Right, um, yeah, but so so Gibbon brought up the really Gibbon is screaming point. at us right now. White lanterns in all caps in our yeah, last Oh, season. I was just going to say it, Gibbon. I was just going to say it. Uh, Gibbon had the really smart idea that um, being killed by a electric eel whip, it would give would probably give you the white lantern of fate from the fairy of the dam. So they have the lanterns of fate that you can color you can you can change the color of your lantern to cast a different color uh, depending on the way that you died. So if you die by fire, you can get red, and if you die by by a shark uh, bite, you can get blue. That kind of thing. And white is for being struck by lightning and killed by the lightning. The problem with that is that you have to be in a storm. You have to get struck by lightning when you're close enough to dying. And then you have to hope that the lightning kills you in one shot instead of the fire that it sets you on. And then you get killed by fire and you get the red flame instead of the white flame. Um, But having an electric whip would act the same as lightning. So that'd be awesome. I wonder, too, if you could sell the eels to the Hunter's Call, if that would be, like, a new class of fish. Because they're, yeah, I mean, they're, and they're not just fishermen, either, because they'll take any animals that you hunt, like pigs and pigs and snakes and chickens. Would would this be be new content for the Hunter's Call, in addition to everything else? I think, and this is something that Sea of Thieves is so good at, uh, is that when they add a feature like that, they're really good at integrating it into everything in the game that it would make sense to be part of. Like, when they added in fire, it was like, oh yeah, you've got firebombs you can throw. And of course, if you kill a chicken with a firebomb, the meat will already be cooked. Because it was on fire. And, uh, you know, and, and stuff like that. So, like, they 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 really think out all the little details yeah. like that. I mean, like, even just thinking of when they did the Ashen Winds update and added the Ashen Wind Skull, which is both a weapon you can hold in your hand and it's also something you can sell to the goal, uh, to the Order of Souls. Um, right. The elect- that makes perfect sense what you described with the Electric Eel going to the, the Hunter's Call. It could work the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, uh, yeah, they, like, so there's another handheld weapon seen oh, yeah. in the trailer. It, it's in our YouTube and SoundCloud and Twitch key art, actually. Uh, it, right, the some kind of uh, coral scepter, yeah, or uh, staff or staff of some kind. Coral scepter slash super soaker. Right. So we see uh, the pirate character in the trailer uh, hold it and point it, and then um, generate from its energy. You know, it's it's got like a glowing top on it, and it, and it generates a bubble. Um, and then it shoots the bubble. So this is basically like some kind of big energy burst gun, uh, of some kind. And, uh, I think that, do we see the sirens using these? 
or wielding these? Or is it just that player or just that pirate that he uses? I don't it? remember the sirens wielding it, but again, it, it's it's hard for me to process all of this trailer even several hours later. Uh, right. Like I could honestly see this weapon being like exclusive for the Tall Tale. Like it, it is not existing outside of it. But Rare doesn't often like to do that. They like to repurpose the stuff they introduce in the Tall Tales for elsewhere in the game. So I could see it being something like one of the Merfolk wield. Because it seems like a weapon that would be very useful underwater. Well, it's incredibly nautical themed in its appearance. Uh, it is. It, it looks like a staff that a merfolk would wield. You know, it's just all coral and yeah. blue and, and uh, aquamarine or whatever. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it and and so you said that maybe when you kill the ocean crawler, it would drop the electric eel, and then you would have one. It would be cool too if the scepter worked like that for sirens, um, but either way, you know uh, this one explicitly is wielded by a pirate, um, so we know we're going to be able to use these. Unlike the eel, which we we don't know for sure if we're going to be able to use the eel. We better use the eel. Um, yeah. So I mean, this this just like gonna change the game so much all these things maybe not i don't know about the weapons i don't know about the scepter and the whip but the enemies like this is just crazy game changing stuff you know the thing i i love about sea of sea of thieves what did i say sea of thor what the i'm i'm already i'm already gonna disney property i'm already disney Disney bought your brain i'm getting assimilated by (laughs) disney help me oh my god uh i'm gonna wake up in the morning i'm gonna wake up in the morning and they own dk vine and i'm like how did that happen I didn't sign any papers, but um, yeah, the the exciting thing to me about Sea of Thieves has always been, I, I'm a I'm a fan of, of pirates and, and like nautical lore and legend because of Rare. Like Rare introduced that to me. It was like Greg Mail's passion for it and everyone else's passion for it that like trickled down to me through contexts like oh, you like these Donkey Kong games where we're going to introduce all this stuff in the context of these Donkey Kong games and you're going to like it. And and that, that that's that's what really like appealed to me about Sea of Thieves was I finally have a rare game that celebrates all of the stuff that's kind of been on the periphery of like so many of their games, DKU or otherwise. And and now it's like bringing in even more of of the the sea legends and uh, no no relation tall tales you know that sailors would tell and it's just so it, this is what I've been wanting in the game and I started to wonder if we would ever see some of the stuff uh, like that we saw in concept art and uh, early builds of the game but here it is like sirens phantoms and and weird freaky crab people i love it i i love i want more i want just keep adding this This shit i i think this was always the key attribute of sea of thieves even from the start when people were lambasting it for being light on content when it launched over three years ago uh which the the defining aspect of it was that this is such a compelling core with maybe it's light on content at the time but infinite potential yeah i mean you you will never run out of ideas for things you could put in there that would work and fit in this world 
And so the fact that you know we're three years in and we're just now getting into some merfolk stuff, like, and and they've mentioned when the game came out that like they see this game being like a ten year journey or more. When you look at other living like long running multiplayer games like World of Warcraft or Minecraft, things that have been around for over ten years, League of Legends, uh, and and uh, you know Sea of Thieves is early in that journey, really. And the fact that it is such a you know like out and out success now that that it's not like on the bubble that there's no like question about its legitimacy like sea of thieves is successful it's going to be around for years and years which uh excites me to no end because it is honestly i i've i I mean it's a dku game i played the most out of all like even Donkey Kong country 2 i have not played as much as sea of thieves now Uh, i i play this game every week i hang out with you my friends my friends around the world this is how i uh i engage with you other than you know dk vine work uh so sea of thieves is important to me it it is an important part of my life in a way that no other video game really is and so to see it be successful and even though like i wasn't initially wild about uh, jack sparrow and sea of thieves the fact that they could sign a deal with disney shows what a success this game is and i couldn't be happier for rare because it's it's well earned it's well deserved and considering where rare was at the beginning of this decade 10 years ago compared to where they are now signing deals with disney again i mean mickey speedway usa yeah, you know, I, I, I remember you. Don't worry. I'm not I'm not forgetting you. But like, you know, they signed that deal like with Disney at the height of their 90s success. And now here we are again. Uh, and, and they're signing a new deal with Disney. Um, just it's just fantastic to see. What it, what really excites me about it as a Sea of Thieves fanatic is that um, it shows that they can still surprise us. Uh, yeah, it, I think that I was never. I was never um, not hopeful about the direction of the game. I was never, like, worried, you know, that they were done doing big stuff. But uh, you could get that impression over the past year, over or maybe just from, like, the season model that they recently adopted, that, that Sea of Thieves is maybe winding down the big stuff and moving into becoming this kind of just perpetual motion machine yeah of just keep keeping it running incremental updates keep the the keep the microtransaction shop stocked up fresh all the time and it's just this perpetual motion you know they they built the engine and now they're just gonna let it hum for a while um but no in fact they've spent the past year uh uh better you know more than a year um it's all during mostly I think basically all of it working from home, uh, creating what is going to be probably the second largest update they've ever done. Well, uh, and we had this fear. There was this fear, like Jeff, you and I, and Cameron. I'm assuming I don't want to speak for you, but Jeff and I have had this discussion on this podcast in the past. You know, we're we're happy with the season model. It's really it reinvigorated the simple things in the game in a lot of ways. But I know a lot of gamers don't just want the simple pleasures. They want the big wham bang spectacle, uh, you know, of like the earlier event updates. And there was this fear that the tall tales were essentially being abandoned. There would be no more new tall tales because we haven't had one since uh, what heart of fire. Um, yeah. 
So it's been uh, like 18 months or something was, like that. I was at the very least like very scared that they had hit like a massive development speed bump with them because it looked like the momentum of Tall Tales was kicking back up when we kind of started the like Flameheart saga that is the the first two Tall Tales of um, like post uh, anniversary update and then it just kind of ceased after that and obviously I thought well it's it's just COVID screwed everything up it's you know but I was worried that the train I was I think a little bit worried about the train not getting back on the rails at time enough to like for that momentum to be maintained but now I kind of see this and then think oh no the the train was going the entire time. Yeah, I think COVID definitely probably slowed things down. But also, let's be honest, and I don't want to speak for anybody, but dealing with a corporation like Disney, I'm sure there's a lot of tightrope walking. And that probably slowed things down to get the this set. Of, I mean, five tall tales at once. Uh, I, I'm sure that kind of slowed things down too. So when you add a worldwide pandemic and one of the biggest multinational multinational entertainment conglomerates, the largest multinational entertainment conglomerate, uh, when you add those two factors in, it makes complete sense yeah. why we haven't it, had anything since Heart of Fire. Especially since like this is two this is two um entities that are being very very careful with their ip um like even just like sea of thieves itself is a really cautiously meticulously managed world Mm -hmm. um with like you can tell behind the scenes they're just a litany of very um, hard line internal rules about what you do and do not do in this universe. Apparently, adding TT to Sea of Thieves is one of them. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Don't make Kyle happy. Uh, but yeah, I I I agree. Like they they are very considerate when it comes to every decision they make with Sea of Thieves and the expanded universe and the, and everything that goes along with that. And di- then you have Disney, which yeah, forget about it. So. The fact that they can pull this off at all and have it ready to show at E3 and then say, oh, yeah, and it's launching in uh, two weeks, less than two weeks, nine nine days, nine days, God, nine fucking days. And as a content creator who provides walkthrough content for an an (laughs) in-depth breakdowns of of stuff, I am just fully on the edge of panic uh, every time (laughs) I think about those nine days, because this will be the first update that they have done where every single detail of it has not been made public through their insider testing that everyone in the game can participate in while under an NDA. But the point is that they this is such an incredibly kept secret that it's ready to launch um, in nine days, and nobody knew it was happening. And 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 it's you. It's very refreshing that we haven't. We we never get a Sea of Thieves update that hasn't no. already had weeks or months of players scouring over every detail of it before it launches. Jeff, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go easy on you. Then uh, I'm gonna call Nintendo up first thing in the morning and tell them to delay the Donkey Kong announcement. So that way you have less obligations with DK Vine and you can focus 
on Golden Sands blog post. I'll do it for you, Jeff, because you're my friend. You know, it's my stupid ass. I I was I had my brother's wedding yesterday, and I was the best <laughs> man, and it had a bunch of uh, unique stresses and and obligations, and I was not in E3 mode at all. And then the wedding ends, and I think to myself, Whoo, finally, the thing that I've just had a lot of obligations for and stress <laughs> about has ended, and I will relax for the next nine days. And then I turn on the Xbox show, and they say, oh, these nine days, they're not going to be relaxing for you. I, I like um, how oddly specific your relaxation period was. Nine days. Oh, yeah, I was going to get nine days. Well, it's actually going to be a lot more than nine days of stress, because it's once it launches is really when I'll my first chance to scour over it. And so it's going to be a, a very hectic couple days after it launches, trying to catalog and describe and and uh, create walkthrough content for all five tall tales and all the new gameplay and all the because this is this is see if they've season three as well so we're getting our, our new season starting which i didn't expect to happen until july um so it's, it's gonna be exciting but you know what you said before about the tall tales i really thought we might not get them again because of the fact that it seems a tall tale is not something that players will engage with repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of extra resource work, a lot of unique elements that go into it. And you're putting all this, you, you know, unique uh, material into something that's going to be experienced once or, or a few times and then never again. And in a game that's trying to constantly keep people, um, refreshed with new stuff to do in an infinitely repeatable setting so you can put hours into it um every week that's maybe not a good investment now this just completely opens up my view of what the future of sea of thieves is because they could drop a big campaign like this like every couple years and and you just get this big new standalone story and and it shows that they're they're not done prioritizing those elements of the game. Yeah, the, the not, placement yeah. of this like is also really striking to me. That like like I said, this is um I, I think for like a more standalone game, a crossover like this would be sort of like the like the logical endpoint after you've exhausted just about everything else you're going to do. Like I would throw in like I throw the example of uh like Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle getting the Donkey Kong Adventure DLC. Um, obviously, that game's getting a sequel now, but I feel like Donkey Kong Adventure was kind of like the... It was the end cap on the first Mario plus Rabbids game. Um, in the context of Sea of Thieves, this is a giant, like, me- this is a giant big deal crossover with a crap ton of content. And... It's happening in like the middle of the the like ongoing Flameheart saga. Yeah, I like, mean, and there are things that we know that are still coming to see if these that still aren't here yet, and like just it's show like we, we're hit we're we've hit this and we're nowhere near the end. It's wild. I know games like Fortnite do these crossovers all the time. Like hey, here's Batman. Batman's in Fortnite. Everyone. Silly little Batman getting getting his Fortnite in, but uh, uh, 
the way they're doing this is so much more satisfying than the crossovers in Fortnite, where you can just have a skin on your character and you can say, "Hey, I'm, I'm that guy from The Walking Dead now, and I can do the floss dance." Right, (laughs) and it's that's the kind of thinking that made me so like, like in leading up to this, like I would have thought. If you told me this was something that Sea of Thieves could do, I would have thought, no way, it's just not that kind of game. The world's just not built to facilitate that if you bring in an outside property and like it will break down the walls of Sea of Thieves universe in a way that makes it feel a lot more like flimsy and malleable and... This kind of really doesn't. Well, it's, and I think there's more. Mold, they molded these two together in a way that feels like very respectful to both. There's more we're going to learn, obviously, in the next nine days and beyond ab- about this deal and how they're they're taking pains to because th- that's something we were able to gleam um, from from what we heard today is you know they are taking great care in making sure that this doesn't break the Sea of Thieves universe, nor does it do any harm to the Pirates brand you know whatever you say about that but uh so the, yeah that that's what i'm really curious to see like this it is a delicate tightrope but you know i so far so good i i would say um once the shock wears off of seeing them do it at all the the audacity of it yeah but there is i mean oh go ahead go ahead sorry. no i was just gonna bring no, up- i was just gonna say it no, you go. No, you go, Jeff. No, you hang up. No, 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 no. I hate this. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> there is the fear that that tangoing with with a company like Disney and bringing content into the game that is owned by Disney. What happens? Like, what what, what does this contract look like? And at what point do we lose this content in an ongoing game like Sea of Thieves? Like, is is this going to be? time-limited tall tales not advertised as such but in a couple years are they gonna is this gonna be like you know okay we're we're done we're done here and then you can never access this content again now grant we've had not tall tales but we've had events in sea of thieves the early first year events uh you know were repeatable once you did them like the stuff hungering deep uh and uh captain warsmith in in uh curse sales you know that stuff you can't revisit in the game they've gotten away from that but now that they're adding disney branded stuff how long can that feasibly be in there i don't know yeah i mean i would hope i would hope because of the nature of of what it is um it's not like in the in-game shop they put in a costume that you can buy and then Disney can later decide to take away the license, and now they have to delist that item from the shop. It's not like that. Like, the structure of what it is is so much more integral, integrally um, built inside the game that I would I would hope that and, and imagine that it's something that's more of an in-perpetuity type of thing. Yeah. It's not... It, yeah, so, because I mean, I guess we'll see... The fact that it's a living game really throws a wrench into, like, the usual sort of, like, expiring DLC. Um, Like, like I think of in other situations where a licensing agreement ran out, it was, 
well, yeah, you can no longer buy that new pro- that product, but if you already bought it, you still have it forever. In a living game like Sea of Thieves, if you say, I, I don't, I don't know, buy a buy Jack Sparrow's compass in the shop, and it's called Jack Sparrow's compass, and oh, the contract's expired. Um, well, that game is still online. It's like you can't yank the that product away from somebody when it still says Jack because it still says Jack Sparrow's compass on it. The the only way I would be nervous about this as a possibility is if it comes it, you know and we're going to find out the the finer details over the next few days probably. Um in terms of like what is this actually and how like how is it going to function these five tall tales. But if it is a fully separate mode that you launch from the main menu, like the Maiden Voyage, then I'm always going to have in the back of my mind that this could be removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they had to. If there was a licensing issue. If Disney started playing mean. Um, but if it's not, if it's a place you have to go in the world and then travel to the thing, then I don't, you know, if it's integrated yeah. in, in a more direct way then i don't see how it can be removed i mean time will tell i i guess we shouldn't worry about all of this before it's even in the game i mean this, this is just us being doom and dooming and gloomy yeah. for no i mean it's it's not like we're hitting upon something that didn't probably didn't come up in like meetings between the yeah. two yeah i mean this this would be the first because thing you're aware about. this is a reality that can happen yeah um so I did want to bring up, like, do we want to talk about the locations we saw in in the Pirates of the Caribbean context, or like we did, we did touch on it a little. Yeah, we're going to be visiting the Sea of the Damned, and we're going to be visiting the the port town. Um, and there's maybe some locations out of the theme park ride. There was the swamp. Um, there was rowboating up to the swamp uh, house. Um. Yeah, so my theory, well, not theory necessarily, but idea that I uh, passed through my mind was that you could enter this story, so to speak, through the Fairy of the Damned, and then uh, once you're there, that will kind of act like a hub world that will take you to these other worlds. Uh, these other, um, you know, if we're traveling to Jack's memories from his you know locations from his past through his afterlife spirit or something like that i don't know how it's going to work but it could be something like that like maybe if we vote to go on the tail uh we could go in actually go into the uh the hole of the fairy of the damned Mm -hmm. because maybe it's like they, they show them going down in a hole where there's ghosts inside of like cages Maybe that's in the Fairy of the Damned. We could go down there and then from there access the launching point for like five different tales or something like that. I like how Jack Sparrow has become our stop and swap freezer in Donkey Kong's treehouse. (laughs) (laughs) A a setting thing that really caught my eye was it's spotlit in the trailer and there's like there's like artwork spotlighting it, but um, Davy Jones's organ from Excuse the me? second and third movies. Oh, <laughs> um, pipe organ. Oh, oh no, okay. that sounds just as bad. <laughs> it's not better. <laughs> not better. His instrument. Fuck. 
the, his piano with things coming off of <laughs> damn it <laughs> all right all right Look, you you know what i yeah, mean we right do. we do we're yeah. just yeah okay yeah. um so that is present and like in the other context of the trailer i would if not for that being there i would assume that the flying dutchman is just a threat that you face like you just shoot at it take it down um you might get on board and like swipe at people to kill them but that organ in the context of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies is on the Flying Dutchman. In, and it's spotlit here in a way that feels more like just a prop. So would there be like maybe this like progression where you fight the fighting Dutchman, Flying Dutchman to a standstill and then get on board and do something with the organ? I don't really know. Yeah, it could be a, you know, a dungeon in and of itself, a, 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 a something to explore to uh, with the story. Um, I also think that that organ is a is going to be a Goonies reference uh, in terms of the tall tales. To me, are structured around the movie The Goonies. It's it's very much uh, that kind of taking the clues you have from the the paper map and then interacting with the various puzzly um set pieces to then progress to the next stop and the goonies i think one of the really recognizable like puzzle set piece moments is the playing the keys on the piano to i don't remember what happens like open the door but like if you play the wrong key the floor starts to crumble underneath you um I mean, they're 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 just so constant with the Goonies references. I think that's a Goonies reference. They also have the um, the cave uh, water slide that opens into the giant water cavern. Mm-hmm. That's the Goonies, you know, all day long. So what what ha- um, what happens when Sean Astin meets Orlando Bloom? Do they revert to their Lord of the Rings characters? Oh my god, good point. Because Sean Astin is DKU. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's. He, he's in the Be More Pirate uh, Museum trailer for the launch of Sea of Thieves, where he's reprising his character of Mikey from the Goonies, which firmly sets Sea of Thieves in the Goonies universe. And if that weren't enough, there's also the journal you can find in the world of Sea of Thieves, which mentions that the Inferno uh, has traveled to the Sea of Thieves, which is the name of One-Eyed Willie's ship from the Goonies, the one that's in that big cavern that they take when they fall through the water slide. Um so, yeah, the Goonies and Sea of Thieves and Pirates of the Caribbean are all in the same universe because everyone is here. It is it is the smash ultimate of pirates. Um, but another location we didn't mention is Giant Jagged Rock Castle Island that is also kind of the Disney castle reference at the start of the trailer, um, which I think we're going to visit. Because actually, the image on the key art for this episode on Twitch and elsewhere um, is when we see our pi- a pirate with Jack Sparrow down in a coral cave place. Um, and as they're traveling through this coral cave place, there is um, one of the teleporter mermaid statues, which you can see in the key art right now, right behind them. Uh, those teleporter mermaid statues are where they they put these in tall tales when you're traveling through catacombs deep beneath the earth 
but they want you to have a way to instantly teleport back to the surface. So in the Heart of Fire and in the Shores of Gold, they have these teleporter mermaid statues. We see it in this coral cave place, which I am guessing is inside or underneath that giant jagged rock castle island. And we're going to travel through some catacombs in classic Tall Tales style. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have to bring this up, and I'm sorry, but I, I'm Heil from off of DK Vine. So you remember in Banjo Tooie uh, <laughs> when you fight Lord Wu Fak Fak, you you swim through a locker that that's marked D Jones. Now, obviously back in 2000, that was just a reference to Davy Jones' locker. But now that we're actually meeting Davy Jones, uh, and, and it's established that it's the same Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean, but that's also the same Davy Jones in this shared universe of Rare, uh, could we apply, like say that that is actually a reference now to this Davy Jones yeah, I'm I'm totally going with that, and and a big piece of of uh, of this of this whole thing is that this is not going to be a self-contained side adventure that you can hand wave as non-canon. Yeah, um, this is going to be deeply integrated into Sea of Thieves lore. Yeah, like all those people who are trying to tell me that Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle isn't canon. And they're like, oh, it's not the real Mario. It's oh, you see, it's it's just, and it's just like, Ugh. or Smash Brothers isn't canon. They're just toys. They're just they're just they're just trophies come to life. They're not. It's not canon. Stop having fun. I, I feel like I'd be remit. I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't point this out just because we were talking about um, a suspicious, like, na- a familiar name coming up. Um, so, there was. So, in. in At some point in the past, like, Heil, you had kind of asked, have there been previous Pirates of the Caribbean video games? Yeah. Because people were pestering you, does this make Pirates of the Caribbean DKU? Does this make Jack Sparrow DKU? Is he um, like a native DKU character now? Because of this, yeah. hypothetically, if this was Jack Sparrow's first video game appearance, then we would really have to examine the DKU rules to see if Jack Sparrow would be DKU. Like Ryan Stiles from Whose Line Is It Anyway, right. he is a DKU native right. son. So. Right, but uh, but obviously the hardline answer is there have been other Pirates of the Caribbean games. He's been like that franchise has brushed against like it's had its own games, it's had appearances in Kingdom Hearts. But um, one I wanted to mention um, real quick was Pirates of the Caribbean Online, mm-hmm. which was a MMO like style game that um pirate game which was um hosted from like 2007 i think until 2013 when they took it down um i think there might have been like some bleed over between like that game's old audience and sea of thieves starting audience um but i wanted to bring that up because there's a character original to that game who was a um, he's like the main antagonist of it, as far as I know. Um, was an undead pirate, um, enemy of Jack Sparrow, cursed to 
cursed to walk as, as a living undead as a skeleton man, like a skelly. Mm-hmm. He's got a, like, he's got, like, no, his right arm's been replaced by, like, this multi-tool weapon. He, um, anyway, the reason I bring him up, that pirate's name was Jolly Roger. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think Jolly Roger is a is a universal like it's a name like John Smith, right? Like there's gonna be lots of Jolly Rogers throughout the years. So I I but I, I do I, I I the fact that he looks so much like a Sea of Thieves Skelly does make me wonder like would they put him in Sea of Thieves for something? I feel like the answer is probably no. Yeah. Because this is such a weird pull to make, but yeah, and then he became such a legend it's, that unsymmetry that 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 the frog bartender was like, yeah, that's that that's who I want to emulate. Um, except that's not true because because anybody who who who's the proprietor of the Jolly Roger Tavern just takes the name Jolly Roger, like Arnold from Happy Days. So it's fine. Um, yeah, so. Like, like I said, I was initially disappointed by all of this, but the more I sit with it, the more I, I'm really kind of enjoying it beyond the, the multitude of DMs I've gotten across all my social media platforms asking me, does this make Pirates of the Caribbean DKU? Uh, does this make Kingdom Hearts DKU? No, 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 it's a crossover. It, so it, it exists within the shared universe, but we're not going to start following Jack Sparrow or Davy Jones throughout all of their other appearances. That's not how it works. But, you know, it, I like it because it's like, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean is a, is a brand that redefined pirate media, uh, pirate fiction for people in, in the early to mid aughts and still carries a large legacy today, even though the brand is, is on the downswing. It's, it's really as lowest point in popularity, but this is almost like that brand kissing the ring of sea of thieves in a, in a weird way where it's like acknowledging, yeah, sea of thieves is the big, big name in pirate entertainment these days. So we're going to join forces with it. Maybe bring some relevancy back to pirates of the Caribbean, uh, and give Sea of Thieves this huge profile boost at the same time. It's a win-win for everyone. So, uh, and honestly, three years in a Sea of Thieves, this has gotten more people talking about Sea of Thieves than I've seen in a long time, even though the game has continued to grow and, and grow exponentially when it was added to Steam. Yeah. It's, it's still gotten so much buzz today, m- more like mainstream buzz than I've seen it got more views on the video than the Halo multiplayer debut. And, you know, we could sit here and talk all day about how the grapple is going to influence the metagame of a Halo multiplayer match, but um, it would it would get less views than talking about Sea of Thieves. Right, because, you know, it, it's not going to reach those people who... It's amazing, like, the, on the DK Vine forum, people are like, oh, I have to play Sea of Thieves now. And I'm like, now you have to play Sea of Thieves? Like... What the fuck? Like, like we we're talking about on our sale about uh, after the showcase. Fucking glimmer references in Sea of Thieves, and you can't play Sea of Thieves until they add Jack Sparrow. I mean, sure, I know there's a lot of Disney fans in our community, uh, and also people were messaging me uh, that said, yeah, "Fuck you, Heil," uh, because they saw this and they thought it would destroy me or something. And they're like, "Haha, Disney wins" or something. And I'm like, well, I. I, I like this. That you, 
I, I'm, I'm not against you, uh, but yeah, this is a shot in the arm for Sea of Thieves. Uh, and and it, it doesn't even fit. We keep saying that, uh, you know, it, but it, it should be noted, like, it doesn't even feel like Sea of Thieves necessarily it doesn't need it. needed it doesn't need a it. shot in the arm. Because it is at the peak of its game right now. And just a couple months ago, I thought Sea of Thieves getting its own official Monopoly license <laughs> was the biggest thing Sea of Thieves had done. And now look at this shit. Look at this And the shit. thing that for me... that really <laughs> A different kind of Monopoly. No! Uh, <laughs> the thing about this, if my initial reaction was like, oh, well, that's... I don't know how I feel about that. Um, the thing that quickly won me over is just how, if I think about it for more than a second, I have so much faith in this team yeah. to do it right. To do it in a way that isn't going to put me off or make me think that it, they sold out or any bullshit that people online are going to say. Um, I, You know, people are stupid. Don't ever read the comments on anything. But, you know, I it's just like, after everything they've done, there's no way I don't have faith in this team to deliver this... Um, in a way that's respectful to Sea of Thieves, like fans of the Sea of Thieves property in itself. This isn't going to devalue the brand and ruin the lore. Like, they're going to do it in a way that's awesome. Yeah. It, because that's all they know yeah. how to do. This isn't Pirates of the Caribbean gobbling up Sea of Thieves. This this is uh, a partnership that will probably benefit both brands, and and then they can continue to exist separately from one another outside of this these five tall tales uh but this is also going to you know con- like kickstart a lot of on like lingering ongoing plots in sea of thieves so this does matter to sea of thieves lore it's not going to be like oh and now we're just going to forget that ever happened uh that that's what's so exciting about a game like sea of thieves with this ongoing narrative it, it it's just wild to me that they're doing this in this way like Something that will always matter to Sea of Thieves is oh that time Jack Sparrow uh, sailed around with you. That that's that's weird, and I like it. The more I think about it, the more I like it because it's so. Uh, I said bonkers in my tweet advertising this, but that yeah, it's it's bonkers. Um, so, which which is a different Disney property, a, right? I, I, does Disney own that? I don't know. I was thinking though. I thought a little fun game we could play because we like our games on the conversation as of late. What are some other DKU and Disney crossover ideas now that that uh, cherry has been popped? Uh, now, the, sorry for the the crude terminology there, but like now, now that we've we've gotten past it, everybody's always been saying, "Hey, the rare cow." One of the rare cows is in Mick, Mickey's whatever Speedway USA or the, or the the other one. Uh, <laughs> that should be DKU and fuck you because it isn't uh, uh, okay. But now that we actually have a uh, certified DKU Disney crossover, what are some other crossovers we could have? So I, I, I've written a few out here. Uh, Donkey Kong meets George of the jungle. Self-explanatory uh, 20th century Star Fox. Uh, you know, you their their new studio uh, that they own the rights to. You can, merge it with Star Fox. I don't know how that would work outside of the pun, uh, but I, I'm not being paid to come up with these ideas. And then my favorite, Brothers Bear X Brother Bear. Yeah, I don't know how I can top that I, pun. I, <laughs> I, 
I, I kind of talked about this on the stream, but honestly, like the very first things I thought of when this happened were, well, you've had Sea of Thieves and um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, you had Sea of Thieves crossover with like the marquee pirate property. The thing is, though, like Disney kind of has like a monopoly over a lot of like very high profile pirate themed media and the immediate two that come to mind that would just like that would also lend themselves to crossing over the sea of thieves um the first the absolute readiest for this would be i think uh, monkey island um right which already which, has um homages in sea of thieves but no outright connective tissue and the other would be Muppet Treasure Island, which also is homaged in Sea of Thieves. Right. And that, I guess, while I'm on that subject, um, honestly, just just mash up the Muppets with literally anything Rare has done, ever. And it would probably work, or not Muppet work in a way that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> It's so stupid, um, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think uh, for an earnest response, I, I oh, Ernest. actually... They own Ernest Saves Christmas. Oh, no. Be yeah. quiet with that. <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I think uh, I never would have considered this before. Like, I never really would have thought about any crossover for Sea of Thieves outside of tiny references. Uh, but now that the door is open... Um, there's nothing in my head that stops me from imagining Sea of Thieves visiting Neverland and Captain Hook. Um, I think, depending on where this time setting of Peter Pan, maybe you wouldn't have Peter Pan in the story. But, but like, I don't know the biography of Captain Hook, the character, but isn't the whole thing with Neverland is that people there never age, and he's, like, still around from pirate times? So, like... You fully could have an adventure where you go to Neverland and there's Captain Hook there. Um, like I and I don't think it would clash with Sea of Thieves at all, um, because it's 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 own it's, it's it's like its own little pocket realm of magic. Never, Neverland is so uh, I could see it. Neverland could, could see, be uh, the Sea of Thieves, yeah, yeah. It could, they, the Sea of Thieves could go there if they want to. And I don't know about the rights issues stuff with that because I think that Peter Pan is one of those things that's partially in the public domain, well, but G- also Gibbon really complicated. Gibbon is saying Peter Pan isn't public domain. Disney uses it illegally and only gets away with it in the states. Rare would be subject to the UK well, copyright laws. So my understanding is that in the UK, uh, there is still royalty arrangement with the property, but they don't have any rights over. Um, like permission of use so you could use peter pan but you'd have to pay a royalty um whereas in the united states i think it's more complicated because the original couple books are in the public domain in the united states but the stage play has a separate copyright and the stage play came out like 30 years later um so it's not yet in the public domain and so it's kind of like sherlock holmes where it exists in this realm of some of the works are public domain and some aspects of the IP are not in public domain. And I don't think it matters because whoever does have the rights, Sea of Thieves could probably get an arrangement to do it. If they can get a deal with fucking Disney to put Pirates of the Caribbean in it, 
I think they can they can probably get Peter Pan. Well, slash, slash Captain Hook. Yeah. Um, and then and then you could have the crocodile, and then you could have TT as as the the clock. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so really quick before we wrap this up, we do have to address the perfect dark. Which we thought I I predicted would would have a a full like gameplay sequence. Nope, it got mentioned just barely at the very end. And in fact, I was writing the news article for Sea of Thieves: A Pirate's Life update, and I heard Perfect Dark mentioned, and I quickly switched my tabs. And by the time I got back over there, it had gone. So I don't even know what they really showed of it. If it was just a pre-existing trailer bit it's just a clip of the back of joanna's head from the um game game awards trailer all right so so perfect dark was basically a no show they just referenced it everwild was a complete no show they didn't even bring it up which we basically predicted would happen um so we were right with that prediction this wasn't unexpected for me at all um you know i think that Probably something like Gamescom or the X X Show XO Twenty One or whatever. Uh, I think one or the other would be maybe a time to start thinking they'll show something more. And honestly, from my perspective, like I'm kind of glad they didn't show either one of them because I was it was so hard to process absolutely anything that happened in that presentation after Sea of Thieves. And it was a long presentation with a lot of very good-looking games in it. I know. I have to watch it again because I basically stopped watching once the Sea of Thieves thing happened because I'm watching, but I'm also engaging on social media and trying to read all these little articles and website pages that are coming up and, um, you know, plotting out content for my blog about Sea of Thieves and stuff like that, so... Um, you know, I didn't even watch the Halo bit, Kyle. I barely know how the grapple is going to affect the meta of the Halo you multiplayer. You keep mentioning Halo. I don't know what Halo is. It's a green army man, Kyle. It's, like, it's like the Spartan ship set in Sea of Thieves. Oh, well, Jeff, why didn't you just say that? Oh, my bad. Oh. Yeah. Well, I have to go watch five movies on Disney+. Plus. So, uh, I, I, I have a lot. And to- I'm going to do like Sea of Thieves and pirate them. Just kidding, uh, though. Don't do me. No, no. Dis- Disney is watching all of us now. We have to be really careful with what we do and say. Uh, so, yeah. So, sorry, everyone. I don't have time to watch Shrek anytime soon. Unless, you know, Platonic Edge yeah, you, you, to ukulele. You got bailed out on that one. Yeah. You're so fucking lucky. No, I, I can see Platonic adding Shrek now. I'm inking a, inking a deal with, uh, DreamWorks to put Shrek in uh, in ukulele just fuck with in, me, but in Moody Maze Marsh because <laughs> I don't know if you know this Kyle, but Shrek lives in a swamp. Yeah, yeah. When you mentioned a swamp earlier, I got I got the flop sweat because I was like, oh god, they're gonna bring up Shrek. Uh, so don't quiz me on Shrek. I'm gonna go watch five movies on Disney Plus and take some notes, and then we will be back here, back doing a live conversation on Tuesday. At 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Wednesday, British summertime, as we uh, process what Nintendo reveals. And uh, that that's... Whew, here we go. We're, we're entering the stressful portion of E3. But uh, that will be on Tuesday. Uh, good or bad, uh, disappointment or jubilation, we will be here. 
So uh, see you then. Is there anything you two would like to add before we sign off? Uh, well, Mitchell Wolf in the live stream chat, which is which is fun because these are live uh, conversations this week. He says, uh, "DoorDash him some nugs." <laughs> so reach out, reach out to him if you want to buy him chicken nuggets. No, I'll I'll send him bacon heads because I have this whole crate of bacon heads that I invested in that are now useless because my dream didn't come true. So you're you're getting bacon heads, Mitchell. All right, uh, Cameron, are you are you good? Yeah, yeah. I don't really have anything. To All add. right, we'll see you Tuesday. <sighs> this has been a File Two production. Qué rico.